2: The Black and Gold Hockey Podcast presented by the Black and Gold Productions Hockey Podcast Network and sponsored by Bet Online. Go to betonline.ag and enter code CLNS50. It is episode 210. Today is January the 3rd, 2021, our first episode of the year. In our first episode of the 2021 hockey season, it has arrived. I am Matt Barry, and I am joined each week by Heather Ingerson. Hello, Heather.
0: Hello, hi Matt. How are you today?
2: (laughs) Good, good. Excited for hockey and and our founder and CEO, Mark Allred. Hello, Mark.
1: What up? What up? How's it going, guys? Feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling Mm -hmm. excited. That's awesome. Excited. Uh, Before we do the ad read, I just want to shout out to a couple things. We uh, it's a new year, and we're moving in a whole bunch of different directions. Uh, with the Black and Gold uh, uh, Sports Media Company. Um, we dropped the new B&G Weekly on YouTube. John Duncan, he recently joined us. Please go to um, uh, YouTube and subscribe to the uh, Black and Gold Weekly uh, YouTube channel. That's all, uh, That dropped on Friday. He had a great interview with an awesome guest. Uh, and we're also going to be working with a new uh, mid-show sponsor, and uh, his name is Bruce Sullivan, and he is the uh, founder and CEO of Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. So these are where I get all the jerseys, folks. So great prices, uh, discount prices for hand-signed jerseys. Um, and, and we also, Patreon giveaways, towards the end of the show, we will mention two winners. We're doing two winners because I got some timely gifts that uh, need to go out as soon as possible to our faithful um patreon members so i just want i think that's all i needed to say and yes it is so
2: we're all set awesome big big episode coming up today of course uh, training camp begins and the season just around the corner for the bruins we'll talk about the roster that has been sort of leaked out for the training camp and also the, the departure of the captain and so much more coming up but first uh, mark has some some information about bet online
1: Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season and there are some big matchups this weekend. NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clearer. There is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use code CLNS50 for your 50% welcome bonus. There's football coming up. Hockey's coming up in 11 days. There's so much stuff that's coming around and you should be using BetOnline for your wagering needs. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts.
2: Awesome. And I, I signed up for Bet Online this week and uh, I've been raking it in a little bit with the NBA. Look at so there, you. There, there Look at you, you, have you have styling. There you, there you have it. Yeah, so I got my fifty percent. You can I dropped in sixty bucks, got thirty free. So that, that works and I put you a little bit in the kitty so that you can play with some house money. So nice. that's great. Nice. Um, so first item on the agenda, the captains, the Jane Chara, fourteen seasons with the Bruins. Uh acquired in two thousand and six and he's been just everything as advertised and more, he's he's given everything he's had to the organization. Uh, he leaves for the Washington Capitals a one-year deal for seven hundred ninety-five thousand, and more than likely in a, uh, a more of the same type of role he's had here with the Bruins, rather than you know some of the un, you know unknown as far as his role would be here with the Bruins. And I think it was time for the Bruins, in their minds anyway, to move on from him and. It's sad to see Chara go, and you're always sad. You know, Tom Brady is sort of the same way. You're always sad to see a guy who's been around so long, into his 40s, just about done with his career, to move on to another city and another team, another organization. almost seems like it's unnecessary, uh, but Chara thinks he can still give a lot, and uh, so he moves on to Washington. So I didn't know... You know your thoughts on this. I'm I'm sad by it, uh, but I also understand from the Bruins' perspective as well. So, Heather, we can start with you on Z and what uh, what your thoughts were on that news.
0: Um, first of all, thank you, Zidane Chára. Not that you're probably going to listen to this, but in case you do, like you've been a hell of a captain. So whether you like him defensively, I'm yeah, I'm looking at you, Mark. All right,
1: oh my God, or, are you breaking out you already?
0: Know, no, I'm just saying that he. Chara, it's not just, you know, people say things, but Chara really changed the culture. I think we're all at an age that we remember we're too young, really, to live the glory of the 70s Bruins. And we were just perpetually watching ourselves get knocked out by Montreal, probably every year. You know, like, so we always were competitive, but we weren't the team to want to be. And thank you damn Chara for changing that, because it was, I remember when he got signed, I was like, "Well, oh, this is going to be interesting and maybe awesome. And it was, so it sucks the way it went down. And I, we have a lot of other, like, we'll probably circle back to this, but I do just want to say thank you because This team is a hot mess a little bit, you know, in transition, whatever. It wasn't that long ago me and Mark were sitting here going, we're not in a rebuild, we're in a retool. No, we're in a rebuild, that's fine, okay. I'm just a little disappointed about how it all went out because even though we knew, like, Kruger might leave and that Chara might not be back, and we all, even Mark, you agreed in the beginning, he'd probably back one more year, you know what I mean, call it a thing, it went down weird. Um, I'm disappointed, but I'm... Happy that he didn't settle, you know, if he thinks he can still go. I'm also just concerned about um, it's a big uh, hole to fill in a locker room, not just size-wise, you know, so good luck to Z and good luck to this organization trying to replace our captain.
1: Um, yeah, for me, I, I just want to mention I totally forgot because I'm a hot mess today, as usual. Um, we have Craig Eagles on as an, as an interview, and we did talk about the defense and that's gonna come on uh, up after the um, the hour, uh, the mid show commercial. So I just want to add that in. Uh, for me, Z um, when he came to the Boston Bruins from the Ottawa Senators, it was a, a Peter Chiarelli freaking assigning um, immediate captain. That was a request by him. I was a little pissed off about that because I think it you have to earn your the the, the C on your shoulder uh, or on your chest, whatever. Um, but. You know, as you see him work and how he worked with others on the team, especially the youth, really changed my mind about that. And I, I, I respected that he came out and said, "This is what I want." Um, but he had a good career. I'm not gonna shit on the guy at all for what he did for Boston. Um, but it could just came down to the game is getting faster, and in in my opinion, and. And this needed to be done. It needed to, his minutes and his role needed to be changed. Don Sweeney and, and staff uh, reached out to him, bef- uh, an agent, before Christmas and uh, made him an offer of $1.5 million, which I thought was a little high, uh, at least 500000 high, but he declined it because he didn't want to go down to the third pairing role and possibly be a seventh rotating defenseman respected the guy still wants to play Matt you were absolutely right on when you said that but it's just that's the way it goes if you want to be a Bruin for the, your last season potentially last season suck it up guy let's go you know let's go play be that leader at a diminished role so you go to you. Go, he goes to Washington and everybody freaks out everybody absolutely lost their shit because they don't Do the internet properly. He's the one that chose to move on. It wasn't the organization that forced him to do this. They see him, they see it as a a diminished role and it was time to move on. So I'm completely fine with what happened. Thank you very much for your service. I really appreciate everything that you've done. The culture, as as Heather said, it was unbelievable, but this is this is just something that had to be done, and and I'm very happy the Boston Bruins did not cave in to his demands.
2: Yeah, and I and I agree, and you know I lo- I really love Chara. I love everything he represents. I love what he's done for the organization. He legitimized the organization when they when they got him. They, they when they signed him, that was the first like big time free agent where you thought you know, now they really mean business. Like it was always when we were younger, like that just not doing enough to get the, you know, the the one extra player or the, you know, the big time talent spending the money to, to win. That was the first sign that boy, they really are serious about winning. And then, you know, five years later they won And for, you know, three, three years later, they were among the top teams in the, in the league. I mean, they were right. There many many years in this fourteen year run from him, and and I agree that when you dump the puck in now, he he can't go back and get it. You know, if and the one thing that irritated me most about him recently was hanging on to the puck until the last minute, and then trying to make like the perfect pass to the guy or whatever, and then getting into no man's land and having to inevitably turn it over or flip it to no man's land, or that he just didn't move it quickly enough, move himself or the puck. Quickly enough for my taste. Now, what what I what is ironic is that the one thing that that I am uneasy about is that they really don't seem to have much of. They don't have an, uh, you know, it's not like they have six quality defensemen, veteran defensemen, and they just they just no room for him. They have unknowns and in, in young players. So I think they would have brought him back. And like you said, Mark, I I think if if your pride gets in the way, his pride gets in the way, and he just can't take the role. But I think, you know, based on the roster now, he probably would have been in the second pair or maybe even the first pair by the month in, you know, because some young kids not going to not going to cut it, not going to produce or someone's going to get hurt or Grizzly's going to get hurt. And then who do you put there? So he probably would have crept up the line anyway, but he just didn't want to take it. From the beginning which is fine i mean that's his right i mean he's earned that right he's a hall of famer i mean that's just that's that's fine but i just don't know i guess pride and ego is a big factor i just don't know if i'm in that situation like i'd rather just retire as a Bruin, take my farewell tour and go to the hall of fame put my number on the rafters and so be it why what does it is it really worth it to go to washington for a season like and it's not like washington washington's on the downside (laughs) It's not like he's going to Colorado, and trying to get a or, or Vegas and trying to get a cup before he's out. I mean, Washington is not, in my opinion, is not a cup contender. I mean, they're like in the second tier right now. So I, I, you know, I, I see it both ways. I also scratch my head when it comes to athletes who do this. Um, I love Chawer, and I and I really have a hard time saying bad things about him but his pride and ego has gotten in the way of really having self-awareness <laughs> and understanding where he is right now in his career. So yeah, just, um, yeah.
0: Sorry. I was going to say, this just goes back now that you brought up ego and this is just something I keep. Cause as I said, I spent the last few days how to have a discussion without having a fight because you know, no one wants to fight here. We're here to talk and you know, could be a little snippy sometimes, but I don't think it's Zdeno Chara's ego that's getting in the way at this point. This goes, we're going to talk about Neely and Sweeney and how, yes, I totally agree. The fan base melted down on them for like ridiculous this week for not necessarily. But as it goes, I want to play two truths and a lie for a minute, a tale of two pressers. Let's sign Kevin Miller, and then before you say anything, see Tory Crew giving a press conference as a St. Louis Blue. Those two press conferences didn't quite match up on how they said. And let's be honest, internet or no internet, none of us are in the room. The only people who know are the people in the room, the agents, the whoever. And yes, there has been some people who said, so let's play two truths and a lie. After that, we were all going, hmm, this sounds weird, right? So again, this goes to you saying the Jacob, you know, saying how people are always like, the Jacob's of cheap. No, the cap is the cap, right? And the Jacobs very rarely, since Peter Chirelli have Charelli have really stepped in and said no or yes to a player. They've kind of let management do whatever they want. So let's play two truths and a lie the other day. Now Zdeno Ochar is not twenty-nine. He's Zdeno He's not going to say anything particularly bad. But if we're going to play who's telling the truth, and I hear Sweeney say. We just want to go younger and faster, and, like, we offered this. But then you have Chara say, they told me out that they want to go younger, and I respect that. I'm believing Zdeno Chara's word over Don Sweeney's at this point. And that just goes to what Market said about people flipping out. I think that's part of what the flip-out is. Maybe it's not – obviously, it is Z as our captain is now in Washington, like you said, a team that's on the backside. But if you think Washington can't up-punch and maybe win the Stanley Cup – you're wrong. You know, it's like Pittsburgh. When it gets to playoff time, you're always like, oh, God. Like, you know, they'll they'll figure out how to get there. So I just wanted to say, and this goes to the Sweeney and whatever. Talking, I don't I don't think it's necessarily the players' egos that are getting in the way. And I only think that because there's nothing. I, I, I am going to trust that some of these kids can step into these roles. But I also am looking at the choices and thinking anybody who's not looking at, even if you sign Charo Cheap or you figured out how to keep Krug, that this defense hasn't taken a serious step back is in denial. Like, I'm all for we can agree we're in a rebuild or whatever, but, like, if you honestly think you wouldn't rather have Zidane O'Chara one more year or a Tory Krug... Yeah, so that's all I want to say. I don't think it's the players' egos necessarily that are getting in the way at this point. Sorry, I don't mean to digress. It's just I have to say
2: that. Good, good point.
1: What, I, I, it's a good point. What 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 troubles me is the fact is that he's going to Washington for the same role that the Boston Bruins offered him, and at seven hundred fifty thousand. So there's a lot of uh, vague issues that are going on with this conversation, um, and I've reached out to some sources myself, and I've gotten the feeling that. I think that what happened to Tory Krug might have uh, put a, uh, an awful taste in some of these players' mouths. Um, so that, that could be that I just want to move on. I I'm tired of this uh, this crap that's going on, so it is what it is. But uh, anybody out there that's thinking that he's going to be a top-pairing defenseman in Washington, sorry. You know I mean, you, you got to do right. your due diligence and ask some of these right. people that cover the Washington Capitals on a regular. Reach out and ask them because he's not. He's not.
2: No, he's not. No, he's not. I mean, he's certainly not playing with Carlson, and he's probably going to play with like Dimitri Orlov or someone, and who knows, third pair, maybe second pair if people get hurt or whatever. But it's probably there around the same role. That's what I'm saying about the role would have been roughly the same with the Bruins if someone gets hurt. I mean, he just you know he's durable. He'll play all the time, so he'll be in there at some point. I will say this, though, and this is to your point, Mark, that the hometown discounts are no longer. <laughs> like, Don Sweeney's been getting away with grand theft larceny when it comes to getting his own players to sign deals that are below market value. Pasternak, Marchand, even Bergeron. I mean, McCreachie and Rasco are only two $7 million players. And Chara's been taking an incredible discount uh, over the years. Those aren't happening anymore because they that, you're seeing it now. Krug didn't take it. Chara's not taking it. And now, you know, when Krejci comes up, he's not taking it. And people are talking about Krejci. What's going to happen with him? Is he going to, it's going to come down to what Krejci believes his value is and what the team believes his value is. And I guarantee you, it's not the same. So the hometown discount, all that. The one great thing that Sweeney has done as general manager has been able to re-sign players at below market value. If that's taken away, then what do you have left with him? And that's, that's a big that's a big uh, story coming up is if, if that's taken away from him, now is he any type of general manager that you want to have with the team? And it's a fair question because, because that's the one positive he brings. And if that's taken away. So, um, so next item on the agenda is now that Z is gone and the captaincy is, is up in the air, will Patrice Bergeron accept the captaincy this season? Now, back when Joe Thornton was traded – mid-year, uh, the, the team decided that they would leave a captaincy open for the rest of that season. Uh, Jason Allison was on the team. I think it was Brian Leach was on the team at the time, and they decided not to take uh, any captaincy role, and that was mid-season. So I'm wondering if Bergeron would keep it vacant for a year, and I didn't know, Mark, your thoughts on – it's obviously going to be Bergeron, but what, it, what is that a possibility, I guess?
1: That, that is the obvious choice. I mean, he's just a, the, I mean, a prototypical just a superstar that I believe deserved it a long time ago. But you know, I don't want to get into that. Um, but I also think that he's a the type of silent leader that um, uh, might want to not accept it and uh, give it to give the opportunity to a younger player that's going to be around a lot longer. Um, so. Uh, you know, I mean, Bergeron's uh, got two more years on his contract, I believe. Uh, I, I just don't know if that's, I, I don't know. I mean, it's so, it's so hard to speculate right now, but I mean, the obvious choice for me, yeah, it is, is, is to go to him, but uh, just not knowing him and not being around him, but hearing all the people talk about him and so on, it just seems like that he give the opportunity to somebody like a McAvoy or a Carlo or somebody that's going to be around a lot longer.
0: I actually think that he may not accept the captaincy and prefer they all share alternate. Remember, like, um, Middleton and Bork did that one year, like there was a home cat, you know, but, like, just maybe everybody on the team's got the A. Let's see who sinks and swims. Let's see, you know. But um, I I think that seems more Patrice Bergeron style because there was arguments before Chara got here that he should have been the captain, you know. And I think there's a reason Patrice, besides Chara's been here as long with him, you know, um, it's it's a weird question because effectively that uh, window we've been talking about for winning another cup has effectively been slammed shut, at least like on the surface, like as you can see, you know what I mean? We've got core players left, not a thing. I think it – Bergeron would probably leave it open and then his last year wear the C for one year. Do you know what I mean? So he's almost like the greatest Bruins captain only to ever wear the Jersey for one year. You know what I mean? The official C that's just my thoughts on it. It makes me sad thinking about Bergeron leaving now with everything that's going on and thinking is Bergeron going to make two years? Are we going to treat him for like a something? I don't know. uh,
2: that's a little scary. I, I think Bergeron, if, if he, he may say let's keep it open for a shortened season out of respect for Chara and he may keep it open, have three assistants. I I think naturally though, he accepts the captaincy and Martian becomes an assistant captain. Uh, and Krejci and Martian are the assistant captains and, um, and naturally Bergeron is the, is the captain. If not, then, you know, they keep it open for a year and, and they have three assistant captains. I don't know. I, I mean, it's professional sports. I don't get big on the whole captaincy thing. I think, you know, back when the Red Sox said Jason Veritek is captain, I thought it was the silliest thing in the world. But, you know, it's just it's professional sports. It's not high school. It's not, you know, but, it, I, but I do value what Bergeron brings to the table, obviously, and he's the obvious choice. If he doesn't get it, it'd be silly not to give it to him. The only way he doesn't is if he, is if he just declines it for the season. Or like you say, gives it gives another person an opportunity, and comes out publicly and says, you know, this person deserves it more than me, or something. But I would imagine Bergeron will be the captain. It may not be this year, though. It may leave it vacant. So we'll see. Uh, speaking of Neely and Sweeney, the next item on the agenda is your your poll, Heather. Yeah. On Neely and Sweeney, and yeah, uh, give us all the uh, details. Give it, give it to us hard. All right.
0: So for those of you who didn't are not on Twitter and saw this, uh, it was. This is just, um, wa- this fan base is so cannibalistic, and it's like, I'm already mad enough <laughs> about the Chara thing, and now I'm watching us be idiots towards each other. Like It's just, it is, we are the stupidest fan base, I swear to God. Sometimes I just want to like, like that glass picture. But anyways, don't this don't. was, um, how do we feel about things right now? Fire, Neely, and or Sweeney. I'm thinking at least. Just no love them both but mad mostly dazed and confused everyone simmer down now and with 47% of the vote simmer down now Won. okay um, you like that well, uh, you know I, I, I voted for that one yeah well I'm personally in the mostly dazed and confused because I again I I have followed Don Sweeney for the last 40 damn years you know whatever. <laughs> not like really that long but 20 35 years at least almost you know I believed you were the man with the plan. And now, because I have no solid left side defense, basically not looking at you, Grizz, say, now I'm like, what the fuck is the plan, Don? I'm not feeling like you're sweetness. I'm feeling like the state college kid has a bigger brain than you because even with no hockey experience, it seems ridiculous. But yes, I'm happy to report most of us think everyone sit down and take a breath because I'm not sure people need to get fired yet. Although I am saying in uh, May, well, not May, hopefully July, if for some reason we're in the cup final. I'm not saying someone might not get fired up there, though.
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Look, you know, S- Sweeney came out. The worst thing he did is to come out at the beginning of the off season and say, "You know, we're going to make some. We have to make some hard looks at our roster and make some changes." And then, and then sign one guy essentially, or two guys if you if you if you include Greg friggin' McKegg. <laughs> and then and then let two core guys walk. So what what changes? Did you make? And again, Bruins fans are still looking at every they're looking now at Pierre Luc Dubois. You know, like they're just dying for something to to happen. Like they think there's no way nothing can happen. Cause Sweeney told us. Sweeney told us. So every guy who comes up in free agency, Ben Hutton uh, in trade talk or free agency and Mike Hoffman and every single guy who's come in has been linked to the Bruins somehow. And I'm not sure if it's the organization or the fan base who links them because they just want something to happen. And I think that Sweeney is caught in what he said he wouldn't get himself into is the is that. You know, tug of war between are we contenders or are we moving on? And when you get caught in between, you stunt your growth forward. You hang on to what you think you may have with this core and you have a toe in the water, but you really don't commit. So now you're the worst thing in the world, which is above average. That's the worst thing because you get terrible draft position and you lose in the second round or first round every year. Like that's the worst place to be. So you either rebuild and, and really make some ser- serious changes, make a big trade, big signing, and really change the core of your group, or you don't and you risk – You know, if if, 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 it was, if this was the case, if they didn't want – if they still believe in the core, they would have signed Krug and, and Chara and squeezed every bit of life out of this. But they didn't. So they're in between. They're saying, well, we're going to move on from Chara and Krug. Because we really don't want to commit to them long term, but then we'll sign Kevin Miller two minutes into free agency and celebrate it like it's friggin' you know Ray Bork coming back to Boston. Like it's just it doesn't make any sense. There's some contradictions there. I don't. Again, Don Sweeney, the only thing he can hang his hat on right now is below market value for his for his resignings of his of his own players. That's really all he has. And a, and the a Charlie Coyle. Marcus Johansson trades, which he didn't re-sign Johansson for, so I give him half credit for that. So Charlie Coyle and and below market value for re-signing his players. So that's really because his drafts have stunk. So I don't I don't know. Um, I don't know, Mark. You, you you tell me what you believe in this, but I, I just – I'm getting to the point now where I thought I was sort of an apologist for Sweeney and Neely and thinking, boy, they're, they're, they've got a cup contender. Like what do people want? But now I'm getting nervous that they can't turn the page and reload without crashing and burning first.
1: Uh, I'm I'm totally on board with uh, this. Is all ownership? This is ownership sending a message uh, down to the uh, worker bees, and that's pretty much it. I'm I don't I don't really want to speculate much on it, but that's what I'm. I mean, that's what you can see in the in the underlying. Right. It's just. Right. You know, they come out and say that they're doing one thing. Neely says right. another thing, and then right. they don't do anything. So I think that that, that both of them going to slap on the hand after they
2: right. after
1: their season-ending conferences. So right,
2: I think it, it they they uh, they lack. So the what they're saying is no long-term commitments. We'll give Craig Smith a long a longer term commitment, but it's at three point one a year. Like it was a really good value. Like yeah. that's not going to hinder you. But they're not going Ekman Larson and and uh, you know Pietrangelo and and guys with big. Now I'm worried about Charlie McAvoy. What what happens there? I mean that's that's dangerous. That's scary. You know because I if I'm Charlie I'm like putting my foot in the sand and saying eight million baby start right there. You know four or five years start there. You know so I don't I don't know. I'm concerned to say the least.
0: Yeah, no, I I that's my whole thing is that, again, this is another let's live in like the, a world where we live in the NHL and not just in our comfortable little bubble of Bruins land. The rest of the league right now is looking at the Bruins like although, yes, the Kevin Miller signing and Chara not getting signed are two independent things, but not when you also let Tori Krug walk. And what I as a fan and actually people on other team and other executives see is you re-signed a defenseman that didn't play for two years and you guarantee him X amount of millions of dollars, but you did not re-sign. Chara at his worst has been more serviceable, slow and older, whatever you want to argue, than a Kevin Miller has. And I would say generally as a career and nothing against Kevin Miller, even though everyone knows how I feel about him, but that is why people are baffled. There are other teams right now looking at us that are baffled about these moves. Craig Smith, Solid signing, yes? But with your blah, blah, blah over here and letting everybody walk here and there or whatever, now you just let... We don't have Joakim Nordstrom or Zdeno Chara, two of our best penalty killers. Thank you. You've let our special teams go to holy... Like, whatever. And Like, okay, so on the power play, I am confident that, like, Grizzly and McAvoy and them will help. You know what I mean? Like, we should be all right on that end as long as when Marshawn's healthy and Pasta's healthy. Everything's going to be all right on that end. But our... DK was better than our power play last year. And I don't want to go back to, I mean, Zdeno Chari, even in his limited minutes was still 21 minutes a game. Like, it's not like he was playing so diminished. He's hanging on. Like he's going to be up, uh, John Michael Isles or whatever, like sat on the ninth floor for three seasons on a contract. You know, I think this is Don Sweeney and Kim Neely aren't helping themselves and it could be pressure from the top or whatever, but I think it's not creating a good environment. Maybe we, um, can't sign big name free agents because we don't have shiny enough toys to bait them. That's why we always have to give up a first or second round because maybe the rest of the, world is not as confident and sometimes you move a player they pop off that's fine right. but now we don't have the reason people came here and took the two million dollar contracts we don't have zadano Chavez we don't have that everyone knows Bergeron's probably going to retire in two years because his body has been through hell and he's only 35 or whatever you know these right. kind of things yeah. is pasta going to be enough to hold that environment together because again him and McElroy these are boys that deserve their 10 mil once they've earned you know before their careers are over and that is concerning. Like I said, I'm not trying to push the panic button, Mark, but I'm getting a little panicky about what the vision is, what the vision board is looking like.
2: Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what does it say when to Brad Marchand and to David Pasternak, who took lesser money and, and Brandon Carlo took a bridge deal with lesser money and Charlie McAvoy did the same thing. What does it say to them when you don't give the money to Tori Krug, their buddy, and Jose Chara, they there, you know, his Charlie McAvoy's mentor. What does it say to them when you don't give Chara one more year, or you play hardball with him, and you play hardball with Krug, and you let them go? What does it say to them who just took lesser money because you told them you bought them in with the "We're gonna do everything we can to be a contender. If you take less money, we can give money to somebody else." That's not the case. So now, when Charlie comes back to the to the table and Brandon Carlo comes back to the table and you know, David Krejci comes to the table. What, what happens then? You know, so, and you don't have a real backup plan. You better hope Jack Stadnick is a stud. You know, you better hope that, uh, Jesus, I don't know. John Beecher is, I mean, you, what do you have in the pipeline to, um, you know, you, you drafted three guys who aren't going to play for four years. So I don't, so what are you, what are you doing? So I, I agree. It doesn't it doesn't mesh all together. And it's and it's scary to think that you had people take lesser money and then saw their teammates leave because you didn't pay them. So that's a slippery slope. That's dangerous. Um, and you mentioned defense, Heather. And the next item of the agenda, uh, the agenda is how does the defense move forward? What's the what's it look like? I'm going to give you my free pair right now. That's going to happen. Now, this is my prediction. It's going to be Grizzly McAvoy. It's going to be John Moore, Brandon Carlo, and it's going to be Jeremy Lausanne, Clonic Connor Clifton, with the seventh guy being Kevin Miller. And if that doesn't make you horny, I can't help you. So there you go. There's just there's your three pair, and that's weak sauce. So I don't know what uh, I don't know what your thoughts on it.
0: There are a few things that make me less horny when about that. Name. Like, <laughs> you're right, you're right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good, I guess.
1: Yeah, oh, I definitely God. put the psialis uh, away on that one, big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't I need don't,
0: it. I really, I can't, I don't know whether to laugh or cry or throw up. <laughs> I'm like, it's good. Yeah. Um, I, be- I agree with you on the Lozon and the Clifton thing, okay? I think Kevin Miller will be injured game two, so I'm not worried about him. <laughs> I heard someone call him Trisket <laughs> yeah. Knees, which is Triscuit so knees. wrong, but so such That's a good right. explanation. Yeah. Again, I'm yeah. not making fun. Like, this dude has been through hell and back. He is a warrior, and I will always give him that credit. I just don't want you on my defense. Um, I've never prayed for someone to go on the ninth floor that hard. I just, I don't know. But, yeah, I'm looking at this roster. I know we're going to talk about training camp roster, and I'm like, I want to punch Don Sweeney in the face. We are one of the best, you know, even with our little defensemen or whatever, we're still one of the best defenses in the league. And now we're maybe, and I'm glad it's only 56 games, but guarantee you at the trade, deadline, we're not going out to get a defenseman if none of these dudes work out to be like not John Moore. Because honestly, at least John Moore, like whatever, (laughs) like it's all, at least you can get him as 40 games and. We'll move forward to the Vegas draft. I mean, the Seattle draft. Mm-hmm. I don't know, guy. I'm a little worried. But if McAvoy and Grizzly are not the top pair, I am going to lose my shit. I'm just like, like they are all day long, your stud first line. Start working them that way because Grizz isn't getting younger, right? Mm-hmm. And McIlvoy cool. now needs to, we're going to see what happens, you know? And like you said, yeah. hopefully he doesn't get priced out and he still wants to be here and be our next big D-man. That's my thoughts, Mark. I can't talk about this defense.
1: <laughs> I I am actually looking forward to this defense because um, it's, it's young. Is you know we're getting we're moving on. I think this is a very big transition year for the Boston Bruins, especially on defense. So my guys are at the top. I would like to see, and this is just a personal preference. Don't freak out, um, but I would like to see um, possibly uh, McAvoy Lozon. And then Grislyk, uh, Carlo, and then um, uh, Clifton and Zaborl. That's that's my. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm getting the left shots wrong. Somebody friggin' hammered me no, that's for that right. one. Not that's too right. No, that ago. sounds right no, to that's,
2: me. That's right on it.
1: Yeah. All right, because I, I, the left left right shots, I, I just don't I don't get it. Yeah. But yeah. But that, that's my uh, that's my decor right there. That's 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 an sorry. interesting group.
2: Yeah, you
0: you reminded me of something, Mark. I wanted to bring up. There's been some people talking about how, and that's not he's not a right side D. Well, fuck you, Tory Krug played fucking seven of his nine years on his offside. But you know what he got? He got his money and he did his fucking job. So right. if any of these young kids, I'm not mad at you guys. Like I said, I will give you a chance. I am just not failing either. A you're ready or you're not. Like I said, I don't feel our poison essay. I do. Like, I think Jeremy Lozon is going to be okay. Like, you know, there aren't all of them. I feel that way. I also aren't convinced they're ready to put on the roles they need to take on this year. And thank God it's only 56. And it hopefully is just a transition year to either dump people out, get people, whatever. But, um, actually, so shut up. Yes. If Zaboro, who I, I like Zaboro, I think he's a good style. I, I was thinking maybe him with Carlo, but that's just me. You know, who knows what will happen out of camp. They have to play the right side if they're a left shot, fine. Like, why is that a big deal? Like, stop coddling people too. Like, isn't you're a professional athlete? There are plenty of people who grow up a center that end up a right wing and have a perfectly fine career about it. You know. Speaking of that, if anything, even if our defense is a mess at the trade deadline, this is the plan: we dump Nick Ritchie, we move Andre Kasha to the left side we get Yaramir Yager, a proven right wing <laughs> that knows how to win Stanley Cups. I'm just, all right. I'm, I'm
1: just
2: kidding. Yeah, yeah. So, so now let's keep your blood pressure right there, Heather, and discuss uh, Matt Philippe taking number 47. You have 15 Go. seconds. 15
1: Go, 15 seconds.
0: <laughs> Go ahead, time me. This is what I have to say to this. Um, first of all, do I expect 47 to be retired to the rafters in Tory Krug? No, absolutely not. But it has been three months 15 and you haven't replaced his cold dead body on this side Uh. so show a little respect why don't you give him stanika's old number i'm just saying another thing that really it's like are you saying fuck you to your fan base i'm not really sure and i'm not blaming matt it's not his fault that's what he gave him he probably was like ooh, uh oh this is gonna be awkward walking in that locker room the first time after this mess especially given showers gonna it's gonna be a weird environment in there boys let's be honest well luckily they
2: gave it to a guy who won't See won't sniff the NHL roster. That's my yeah. I'm not mad at him. So that's, uh, Yeah, it's just quite, a number. Not, Nothing know. Know. to get crazy Felipe about. So Philippe uh, is a uh interesting prospect though. I mean they yeah, picked him up, like signed him, him. <laughs> Northeastern Kid. He's interesting. Um all right. So now that leads us to the next item, which is the training camps opening today. And who got invited? Are there any surprises? I thought Jack Ashon was a surprise. I thought that that was a pleasant surprise. They're really high on him. They they see him as a poor man, or people see him as a poor man's Tory Krug type of player. Uh, so that was a nice uh, little addition. Um, I think Lantosi was on there, some other guys. that uh, Obviously with COVID, you know, you load up the, the training camp roster a bit more than usual. Probably guys get more of a chance than maybe you thought, and especially with the defense question marks that they have back in was in there you know this is a big year for him and he's he's a guy who really doesn't get talked about it much anymore when he was talked about quite a bit a couple of years ago as a top prospect this is a big year for him uh to try to turn it around and get back in the mix uh it's certainly an opportunity for him so i do not know if there were any mark you're the prospect guy uh, you know tell us who you were pleasantly surprised by i guess
1: um, yeah, I was kind of surprised by the uh, the Philip and um, Ashan, um, but it is training camp. They do have the the right to come up and and show their skills to management uh, with a mixed group of uh, NHL pros. Uh, it's just a good experience. Uh, I'm not I'm not gonna buy into he's gonna uh, earn a roster spot. I think that he still needs uh, more pro development. So um some some ones that i found weird that were not involved and uh shout out i'm not you know I'm not always right but i like to pat myself on the back but peter peter solarik did not make the trip over uh, i got a lot of shit for that so uh shit sandwich to all you people all the, all the haters out there uh victor Berglund did not make it over he's going to continue to stay over in sweden jakob lauko did not make it over he's going to stay in the czech republic Kyle Kaiser did not make it up from Jacksonville. He's going to stay in the East Coast Hockey League. So there's some there's some interesting things. Callum Booth uh, was uh, called up. I believe that he's going to be the uh, third goaltender to give Vladar uh, much needed professional time down in um, in in Providence. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's training camp. It's going to be winded down once once this roster gets down from forty down to twenty something. Uh I, I think th- you're gonna see the next level. The AHL, we're gonna talk about that later. But uh these guys will go down to the uh the um uh Providence camp and then the guys that don't make the Providence camp are gonna go down to East Coast Hockey League. So it's just a filtering effect for right now, but uh just to get those taxi squads and, and, and the extra extra uh roster players for the uh the COVID Cup. Yeah, I did see
2: Nick Wolf on there as yeah. a defenseman. Stephen Campers on there, but I heard he opted out again. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so he'll be so he'll be down to 11D, and Callum Booth was brought in probably because you know f- as part of the reason why they wanted to bring Kaiser down uh, is to put Booth in there. Um, and then there's Oscar Steen as a guy who I've been keeping my eye on. He's he's playing well. He's he he's a guy who has some ability and some upside that I'd like to see maybe the following year. Um, you know, really making some strides and seeing what he can bring. That might've been a a decent steal of a draft pick in Steen. I don't know, uh, Heather, if you had anybody on there who you'd like to see.
0: Um, (laughs) I were not really surprised by the list. I'm obviously happy that Solarik isn't there. I've made very clear how I feel about the Peter Solarik over the years. Um, I actually was pleasantly surprised to see Lantosi there. I'm a little sad because normally Mark and I go to training camp or I at least go with them like one or two days of the 40s or whatever, like in a traditional, you know, warm-up camp season or whatever. But um, I was happy to kind of see him. And you know what? I need a left shot defenseman. Maybe Nick Wolf's gonna slot in. We don't know. Like mm-hmm. you said, maybe Yero Vakaninen's not gonna come to play because he knows that he's getting edged out. Um, but mm-hmm. No, there wasn't a really a lot of sh- more. Uh, Mark was right on with the goaltenders, though. He he yeah. called it, like, a couple weeks ago he about did. who was going to be there, and that's all I could think when I was jotting it down. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really not not too many people that shock me again. Like, some people I know, like, you know, Jack Ackham, like, we know that he's probably not making the thing, but it's nice that he gets to come to camp and check out and see what's going on. Right. Um. I was interested to ask Mark right we' we're, we're gonna maybe disagree a little on who might make the actual roster but who is your who are you leaning towards when you see this list because I can't figure out my taxi squad because I'm I, I'm just my brain is literally shorting out. I can't work it out of what's going on with my team or what I want to happen so any thoughts on that well,
1: good I, I haven't really thought about uh, the players I haven't had time to think about that but um I, I mean, Jurho, Zboril, all these guys can be be a part of that. So, uh might be a discussion for um next week with a little more yeah. time.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I Nick Ritchie is a guy that I really don't want to see anywhere near the puck. Uh and he won't be near the puck anyway, but on the ice anyway. And uh Paul Lindholm is probably going to play because of the penalty killing situation with uh with um, what's his name gone for Nordstrom gone from the season from the team last season. So he's a, he's a PK guy. Um, Anders Bjork, Jack Stadnicka, Zach Sennishin, all big years for them. I can't believe Anton bleed still in the, in the organization. Paul Carey's is a hundred years old. Uh, Cam Hughes is an interesting prospect, but I, I think you're going to see, I'd like to see again, Smith with Coyle and Bjork and I'd like to see Corrali, Wagner, and um, and Frederick. And I'd like to see those in the bottom six lines. Um, and Carson Kuhlman is another guy. Big year for him. I mean, they have to still have to cut bait on some of these guys pretty soon. So Kuhlman and Senishin and uh, are two guys and uh, Anton Bleed. But those guys are on the last legs, as far as I'm concerned. It's either put up or shut up or go somewhere else. Time for those guys. Um, so as far as making the cut, you know, we'll talk about it more next week yeah. and see what we, what we have. But I think you're going to see as far as the forwards are concerned, you know, the, the usual suspects in there. And then of course, I don't know what happens with Greg McKegg, but he's going to be a guy to, to bring in healthy scratch, bring him in rough guys up, play, play down in the AHL. If there is one, that type of thing. Um, so next item on the agenda, with some of the core members departed, do you actually think Krejci, David Krejci, and Tuka Rask return after this season? So they're both coming into their final year of unrestricted free agency next year, both at seven million dollars per roughly, and both around the same age. Krejci's been here 14 seasons. Um, I said what I said earlier about Krejci. I think the value isn't going to mesh in the beginning from the Bruins' perspective and Krejci's perspective. And then Tuker, I really think, is leaning towards retirement. So I didn't know, uh, Heather, what – I'm uneasy <laughs> because, you know, David Krejci two years ago I, – I here's the thing with David Krejci. 2013, they lose the cup finals to the Blackhawks. I said then that they should trade him in that offseason. Now, looking back, it's a little foolish, probably. But I thought they should cut bait on him, sell high, get a ton, and really make a a change to the roster and get some added pieces that could extend there. Now, they extended it anyway by getting to 2020 as a cup contender. But I thought at the time they should cut bait on him because I thought he was slowing down then. He is slower. He's never been a speed demon. But he's such a great playmaker, and he added so much to the power play in the postseason that I think I would entertain having him back a year or two. I'd sign him probably two years max. So I don't know. Heather, your thoughts on Krejci and Rask?
0: I think Tuca's retiring after the season. I think he is going to finish out his contract. He's probably a little relieved it's only 56 games. And um, I don't – I think it's got, it would be hard for him. He, he'd have to take a major pay – both of these players, right? But given the fact that, yes, like, and Mark almost worded this topic perfectly, like, given the way that some of these core members have walked away, you know what I mean, or been forced to, chose to, whatever the circumstances, I mean, they, I don't think David Krejci is going to want $7 million, but David Krejci is going to want at least $3 million for his last contract as an NHL player. Do you know what I mean? And Tuka Rask is not going to now get paid $5 million because he would rather retire, walk away, and, got a brood of daughters to raise or whatever and go on. Uh, I do think it makes it harder, but what concerns me more about if it makes it harder to keep our older core players, because the core is falling apart, like in front of our eyes, basically, is that poses a problem to attract people to want to come here, because they want to come here to play with our core players, but our core players are walking away or aging away or whatever, you know, there's many scenarios. So I guess I'm more concerned about not if we could keep Rask or Krejci. I think Rask is done either way, and I'd love Krejci for one more year. You know what I mean? Or whatever to finish out with Ber- Bergy. I said that to Mark a million times. Uh, but yeah, no, I I think it is not nearly. I think we're making the situation nearly impossible, and that's going to be a problem if some of these kids can't step up, and they still can't trade for somebody to replace these players. You know what I mean? Like or acquire, I guess. And,
1: yeah. Um. Yeah, for me, it's uh, I, I don't see them coming back. I don't see them getting contract offers. Just uh, by what's going on with the trend, um, how they worked with Krug, how they uh, did things with uh, with Chara, or uh, how that whole thing worked out, uh, I don't see them coming back. Um, Ch- uh, the last the thing, I think he retires, but if he wanted to play, I don't believe it's going to be within the Bruins organization. Uh, I just, I, I, actually think that they're gonna do the same a lot with these cores. W- w- once the cores start getting to the end of their contracts, I think you're gonna start. I, I mean, maybe Bergeron stays around. Who knows? But um, I don't know. Something, something is leaving a bad taste in my mouth with the way these this organization is moving forward with players. Um, and it's not gonna look good when some players that are free agents well you have 44 million dollars in, in, in cap space next season and you want to address let's say the right wing which was which has been a, a, a an anomaly for friggin years now probably the bad word to use but anyway it, it, um, it, what's gonna attract them to come here and like okay I'm gonna come here for a one year deal negotiate but I'm gonna get talked down on money on my next deal. That doesn't, you know, I don't know. I don't get the attraction of Don Sweeney and the discounts and everything like that. So um, I don't see these two players moving forward. And I think that they're going to start to incorporate more of the youth. I think Jack Sidnica Jack is going to take a significant um, increase in his role once um, once um, Krejci's gone. You're going to see the upshift. You're going to see the coil go to the second line center. You're going to see somebody like, like Sidnica take on the third line center and so on. So that's just my opinion.
2: I agree. I think that more than likely the odds are in the favor of Krejci and Rask both being gone. I think they may entertain. It depends, again, like you said, on Stadnika and some of the young guys, how they do this year. If they get bounced in the first round or if they don't make the playoffs for some reason, which could happen. I mean, you get a couple injuries, you have a young defense, you have a goalie who's half in, half out. may happen. So if that happens, then that could change what you do in a heartbeat. Um but I think that more than likely they may offer Craigshi like one year at four or five or something. Uh to keep him I don't think he'd take it. I think he probably would get an offer of something else from some other team looking to make one good run at it. Uh there's still some playmaking life in there, power play. Uh you know, he could still play second line center for someone with some good talent on either side. So You know he may he may go out west or somewhere it's possible, but I think leaning toward not seeing either one of them back next uh, after next season. So and I think Halak maybe because they may have to have a guy a veteran guy in there. So they may see you may see him send Halak for a a, a deal similar to the one he has now uh, to go one more year because you'll need some insurance there. You'll probably have to go out and get a veteran guy to be a number one goaltender. Uh, and they have the cap space to do it. It'd be interesting to see who it is. Um, Skip the so next now, one. So now next time,
1: what's, what's that? Skip the next one. We've yeah, already covered so, that.
2: Right. So why, why, why do we have to live now through Pierre-Luc Dubois? Rumors? <laughs> so the Columbus Blue Jackets re-signed Pierre-Luc Dubois, who is a young number one center, uh, very talented, uh, disgruntled, wants to move on from Tortorella. Uh, there's a friction there. Um, you know, I'm I'm a no on it just because again, Bruins aren't doing this. They just aren't doing this. They they aren't taking on more term with anybody. They just this is the group they're going in with, and they're not they're not taking on Pierre Luc Dubois and his newly signed long term deal. They just aren't. So, um so there's that. But I, I didn't know if if you guys had any thoughts on it. I. Look, it's not that I don't want Pierre-Luc Dubois, but two things. They, they, the Bruins don't have what it takes to get him in trade unless it's Pastanac or McAvoy. Uh, or it, it wouldn't even take Carlo. It would take more than that. And then they aren't taking on any type of contracts like that. So it uh, sounds good in theory, but uh, Heather, what are your thoughts on Pierre-Luc Dubois?
0: Oh, I think he's a young little stud. He looked awesome in the playoffs. He punched Toronto right in the face multiple times and thing, whatever. But (laughs) he punched, you know, like whatever. He great, but uh, for all the reasons Matt just said, like, there's no way in hell we're going out to get him. Like, okay, if like a Taylor Hall is a wish and a prayer, there's no way you're even making a move to even shore up a young you know which is sad because that's exactly the player they need to move money for to get a player like that that's like up and coming and young and like is growing if those are the players we have to go get to shore up and make sure we even have a core and things to go forward with with the young players we have you know so uh but that's as much as i love that a no go I, I think it's just cuz people draw like uh, apparently the bruins are going to trade or make an offer for every single can player in the NHL? That's how I'm starting to feel, but no go, no go on that
1: one. I for me, it's a, it's the addition um, and subtractions. You you're gonna get a player like Pierre Du Dubois, but you're gonna give up uh, some assets, uh, some future assets. Like you, you could definitely see um, uh, Columbus looking at like Jack Stenica, and that's a heavy no for me. Um, so. Yeah, I don't see it happening. Um, it, it's two years at $5 million apiece. Um, it doesn't quite work with the cap, even though that we're going to have $44 million uh, next season. But it doesn't work this season, so you're definitely going to have to have some uh, cap management expert uh, figure that one out. But I don't see it happening at all.
2: Yeah, I don't either. And, uh news I just saw is that Matt Barzall, of the New York Islanders is now officially a holdout in camp.
1: Yep, so now the Bruins are going to go
2: after him. Yeah, so now you'll hear the Barzal. Uh, now this, they get a chance to redeem themselves and get Barzal after all and trade <laughs> half the team for him. So that would be great. Uh, next item on the agenda, Boston versus Philadelphia at Lake Tahoe this February. It's some outdoor hockey. Uh, Vegas and uh, Colorado was the other game that was announced. And I, I love it. I mean, I've never been out to Lake Tahoe. I would love to go. Of course, no one can go probably they'll have very limited seats seating out there. I would, I would assume, but Boston and Philly in February, do you, do you like Mark? Do you like the outdoor hockey?
1: I do. I, I, I enjoy it. It's good for the league, regardless of this is going to be fans in the stands or not. It's, it's going to be a huge draw for uh TV exposure, you know? And that's it, what it's all about is, is it is about the fans. I get it, but it's also a business. So you have to look at yep. avenues of revenue. So, this is, like, really good. I'm excited, and, and I don't believe it's going to be on the lake. I don't think that they can logistically do that, but it might be very close to the shore where you can actually put uh, a, a solid surface of ice, you know, like they do with the Winter Classic rings. They go in there, they build it, and boom, it's and then they disassemble it and move on. So I kind of think that that's what's going to happen with the lake in the background. I think it would be fantastic. Um and I'm looking forward to it. I, I I'm not a fan of the whiners out there that don't like the outdoor game because it doesn't bring uh, the pro element. It's more of a nostalgia kind of feeling. But uh, I'm not a whiner, so I I'm a big fan of um, of outdoor hockey, and I think it's going to be good for the league, regardless of fans in the stands, as I said before.
0: I love outdoor games, and I love the All Star game. I just as long as the NHL does it right, like you have a beautiful opportunity. I think it's going to be at like a there's like a country club or something that's on the Nevada side, I think is where they're building the rink or something like that. Uh, But I'm sure like obviously they're going to have the shots of Lake Tahoe in the back. They have to figure out how to make that happen or else what's the point of picking this beautiful location. You know what I mean? But they just have to do it right. Like it. And every now and then you have to have the nostalgia. Let's be honest. It's not like hockey fan rinks grow except for by breeding and like conversion. So let's convert some people into the, great feels that all the old school fans have.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's great. I, th- I went to the winter classic against the Canadians, a terrible game. Bruins played terrible, but great experience. Um, and I think out, out in Lake Tahoe, it's beautiful. I think, I think the, the NHL needs anything positive and it, you have the opportunity to play outdoors, unlike basketball or, you know, you, you have the opportunity to play outdoors. You might as well do it. I know it's a big cost that's for the league but as you said mark the exposure and and uh tv and business uh is good and and the nhl has done right by some people say they overdo the winter you know thing but you know what uh it's a good thing you might as well you might as well do it as much as you can
1: absolutely
2: Um, next item on the agenda the american hockey league is a go they made a statement on december 30th that they have agreed to a february 5th start Uh, The American Hockey League Board of Governors has approved the structural framework for an an AHL season that will begin on February 5th, 2021. Details still were being worked out, but I know, Mark, this makes you very happy. You're a big minor league hockey guy and an advocate for it, and this is great for the young players around the
1: league. Uh, It is. uh, The Board of Governors meeting was on Wednesday of this past week, Um, and things are looking good, but it's... It, they're still up in the air for the teams that are individually owned and not uh, supported by the NHL affiliate. Uh, so uh, those are... I, I get this mixed up because I'm not good with the numbers. It's either 11 teams that aren't owned by the NHL uh, uh, club or it's 20 teams that aren't owned. But one of those numbers uh, it's, are going to be affected. And the Providence Bruins are one of those teams that are not owned by the Boston Bruins, the NHL uh, parent club. So it's it's going to be interesting what Renee, I can't Renfro Larue uh, uh, is going to do with the team. Uh, I'm hearing from a close source that they are going to be playing at the Dunk. Um, no fans in the stands, obviously. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but um, good friend Patrick Williams, who always shouts us out all the time. This guy's an NHL writer, and he's all constantly uh, retweeting our stuff. Uh, he says, regarding the upcoming AHL schedule, I do expect some teams to go beyond this minimum, but getting that flexibility was a key step forward in the league getting uh, consensus this past week. He was told that some teams could have a twenty four game minimum. Now, for me, a lot of this is just coming down to development and not about you know the uh, the game on the ice. Um, so I, I, I don't I don't know. There's still a lot of things that need to be worked out uh, moving forward before that targeted. It's a tentative date of of February 5th uh, as of right now. So I'm going to be continually to to talk to Patrick uh, to give me updates and so on about what's going on. And we'll obviously uh, be updating all the listeners and YouTube viewers uh, moving forward.
2: Heather, do you you feel this will work with it may be a situation like the ECHL, where some plays some teams play, some teams don't, I would assume.
0: I uh, I'm concerned about the teams that don't have the financial backing from their parent clubs, you know, whatever the name you associate with them. I but I am happy that they seem that's what they said before, right, Mark was March four I mean February fourth. They're still on target to what they had hoped. So that gives me hope. And now with you know, vaccines and everything rolling out. And, you know, so hopefully in the next month or so, things will continue to change, you know what I mean? And uh, it gets a little safer for traveling. And they, you know, the biggest thing is hopefully they can get people to help them sponsor to do all that safety stuff. We're always talking about the testing and the cleaning and the crews or whatever for that fans or no fans to help the team stay as healthy as possible. So it's, I know it's still, they're still working the stuff out, but I'm happy because... Like, as we talked about, a little nerve wracking about where all these future NHL players are going to play if they can't even play in the AHL and then half the EC, you know. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that maybe some teams opt out, but I think it would have to be more for the financial reason than for the, um, you know, just not, you know, the travel reasons or whatever the way like the ECHL, because like the Providence Bruins are going to draw more, you know, than an ECHL team. Uh, at least attention-wise, for revenue on TV and such. But, um, yeah, I'm just happy they have a place to play and that it's, you know, and also that the NHL, you know, there, there's a lot of players that I have to choose between signing a professional contract and leaving college and things like this at this point. So makes me happy, at least if that's the case. There's real, I mean, the B League's, be- like, we need the AHL. The NHL needs the AHL, vice versa. So that's it. Sorry, I didn't mean to
2: ramble, but I'm just happy they have a
0: place to play and that they're,
2: At least most of them will be able to have a season. Right. Um, So two quick news items before we get to the break with our new sponsor and the interview with uh, Craig Eagles of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League scout. Uh, Boston Pride named their captains for the season. And David Pasternak makes the cut of EA Sports NHL 21 Team of the Year. So that's naturally what would happen. He's one of the best goal scorers in the league, so that's no surprise. But again... Heather, you, you know, you love the Boston pride. It's a great opportunity for the women to play professional hockey. They'll be on TV, uh, as well. And, um, so, uh, you know, they named their captains for the season. Yeah, it is on no shock. Uh,
0: Jill Dempsey is the captain of the team. Jillian Dempsey's, oh, you know, thing, uh, Kaylee Franklin and McKenna Brand are going to serve as alternates. Um, the pride are doing an awesome thing right now. You can actually like buy a fan cutout and, that so you'll be on TV during the games or whatever the fans and the stands kind of cut out and they're signing them. You know what I mean? So you you're supporting them and you can have an awesome keep take over it. And that goes till the 15th. So if you're, uh, feeling froggy, feel free to, uh, mm-hmm. help support the girls. Uh, and WHL there, I believe the 23rd is their first game, but they should be heading to Lake Placid very soon. That's going to be awesome. And yeah, gen- generate some TV. So the boys better bring it when they come back this season. Cause if yeah, they absolutely. come a week out the gate, the ladies are going to kill That's them right. in ratings. You better watch True. out. True. That's True. probably why they put the Tahoe game in February. They're trying to.
2: Maybe. Yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> um, all right. It's uh, it's break time. We have a brand new sponsor.
1: Yes. Uh, um, Uh, Listen to this next uh, commercial, the mid-commercial. We're going to be doing these for the next year. So every week, uh, Bruce Sullivan is going to update us on his inventory that his company has of uh, hand-signed, authentic um, jerseys and other items, photos and so on. And he is from the Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Uh, Check this. Listen to it. And for the YouTubers, you you get a special treat because he's actually going to show you what he has uh, um, with his... um, his products so you can actually see what's going on so it's really important to subscribe to the the black and gold hockey podcast youtube channel so do that and uh listen to this uh fantastic gentleman talk about what he has to offer for some very very reasonable prices we'll be right back
3: happy new year this is bruce sullivan from boston sports and music memorabilia with our black-and-gold memorabilia moment of the week. This week at Boston Sports & Music memorabilia, we have a beautiful Zidane Ochara 22 by 26 Autograph special edition photo display, featuring custom framing and matting for just $169. We have hometown hero Charlie Coyle 11 by 14 photo displays starting at just $49 15 by 20 special editions for just 99 and your choice of Charlie Coyle autographed JSA authenticated custom jerseys for just 89 For more information on the dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces we have and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! All
1: right, Bruins fans, that was a fantastic first for our program and our first with our new relationship with uh, Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He has a lot of great items. Please check them out. Follow the information you heard previously. Um, but without any uh, wasting any more time, we're going to get to our featured guest right now. His name is Craig Eagles. You can follow him on Twitter at Eags37. That's a, at eags 37 And we talked about some, uh, some prospects that are uh, going to be uh, getting some serious looks um, for this uh, Boston Bruins roster on the back end. So uh, we'll get right to that, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll end the show um, uh, shortly. So we'll be right back. As mentioned at the beginning of the show, we do have a very special guest, and he's he's one of my good friends and a very close and personal um, um, connection when it comes to uh, hockey, especially the development role. Uh, he is a Rogers TV New Brunswick color analyst. He's a Quebec Major Junior Hockey League New Brunswick scout for the CSR Company. He's a prospect writer and host at Sports Inclusive, and you can follow him on Twitter at eegs37. That's E A G S thirty seven and he's a diehard hard Bruins fan and my buddy Craig Eagles welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast bud uh, happy New Year
4: Mark and thanks so much for having me back on um, tremendous uh, work uh, from you and, and the whole staff throughout the uh, the pandemic here it, great stuff and and uh, I love following along
1: awesome thank you so much for the kind words let's start off with some uh, some good stuff uh, how was your holidays and uh, and uh, hopefully New Year. Well, uh, holidays, Christmas was
4: uh, great. Uh, Santa found the kids, uh, a.k.a. my wife did an amazing job. Uh, so it's, it, you know, tons of family uh, trying to keep our contacts low, obviously, with, uh, with everything going on here. Uh, our numbers uh, here in New Brunswick, uh, we just uh, had uh, our ninth uh, death here in the province due to COVID. So... My thoughts and prayers go out to to that, their family. Um, the New Brunswick government and the Maritime provinces have done a, a tremendous job uh, so far, and our front uh, line workers and, and healthcare providers have done uh, just amazing work. So holidays were 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 great um, for the most part, um, other than blowing the transmission out of our van on the way up. So. Um, yeah, Merry Christmas. Uh, Thirty-seven hundred dollars later, oh. but anyway, but anyway, I digress. I actually caught a few games. Uh, caught one game live. Uh, it was great to get back in the, into the uh, the rinks. Uh, caught a few uh, games uh, from a scouting perspective online as well. Now it's just having to get those reports in. So looking forward to uh, tonight. Hopefully the snow uh, doesn't uh, cancel the game. But uh, looking forward to tonight to uh, get into the rank and see a good St. John team take on uh, the Moncton Flyers as well. So things have been great uh, up here uh, for the most part from a scouting perspective.
1: That's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that you're back in the ranks at a, at a, at a low capacity right now and hoping that rises uh, day by day or months to come, my friend.
4: Well, I'm looking forward to the uh, the queue getting uh, ramped up again. So it's looking like J- uh, January 22nd. Um, You know the queue is going to get started. So, uh, lots of maritime movement uh, during the trade period here, uh, and the Charlottetown Islanders looking to load up and uh, you know push for the uh, Presidents Cup. So, uh, tons of great hockey and tons of great prospects coming uh, out of the
2: Maritimes.
1: Uh, Before we get into the uh, the Bruins talk and two particular uh, players, that young players that you've seen in the past throughout the queue as a scout. Um, I do want to get your thoughts on the return to play on the NHL. Are you excited about this? And um, with training camp starting for the Boston Bruins tomorrow, uh, things are certainly ramping up and, and schedules are, are being made. So it's, it's definitely going to happen. So just uh, want to get a quick thought on uh, your excitement and, and, and hopefully to watch some games soon. Well, I think it's fantastic. The NHL, um, and, and again,
4: opinions are like noses. Everyone has one. I think the the NHL have have done a tremendous job um, at coordinating everything and making sure the players and all the personnel are safe. And I think that's first and foremost. They did it in the playoffs with the bubble. Um, People were critical of, oh, it's never going to work. They made it work, Mark. And I think it's tremendous what they've done. Hopefully everyone and all the teams um, stay healthy and abide by all the, the uh, regulations. I think it's really exciting that, um, you know, Canada is going to, to have its own division. I think it's phenomenal that uh, the Canadian government are, are making some, um, you know, stretching the rules a little bit right now to, to ensure uh, players and, and travel and that type of thing. So fingers crossed, just hopefully every everyone stays safe. And I think, uh, from an NHL perspective, they've done a tr- fantastic job. Plus, I think um, outdoor games uh, will will definitely kind of um, lend itself to uh, to more excitement building up. But um, you know, obviously, with char- the departure of Zdeno Chara, training camp is going to look different. Everything is going to look different uh, from a Boston Bruins perspective.
1: Absolutely, and um, we'll just get right into it. Uh, one of the reasons why I follow you, you're just a tremendous person in general. That's first and foremost. But the second thing is the best thing about you is, is I, I value your opinion because you're a guy that does the grind and wants to get in the ranks and actually see the action happen before you report it. You're not one of the stats guys that goes onto the many websites and, and just picks and pulls for content. You do the grind and get right involved. But you have seen two uh, prospects that the, uh, the Boston Bruins currently have right now. And you mentioned the, the departure of Zdeno Chara, and then earlier in free agency, uh, uh, Torrey Krug going to St. Louis. This creates a very big opportunity for two players that you've seen personally, and that's why I wanted to have you on today. Uh, the first one is Jeremy Lozon. He did play for the Ruin the Huskies in the queue. Um, and I know that uh, going through the Maritimes up there, you've gotten to see many uh, games of his. Um, I want to I want to get your feeling about what you saw from him, what he can provide, and and the tremendous role that is in front of him right now, moving forward for the Boston Bruins in twenty twenty one.
4: Well, I think and thanks, Mark, for that. I, I really appreciate you saying uh, those things, and it, it does mean a lot. The eye test um, is really really important to me, so uh, I really appreciate you saying that first and foremost. I think with um, with adversity comes opportunity, and You know, right now, a lot of young Boston Bruin defensive prospects have that opportunity, and it's an opportunity that they have to take advantage of. Um, I listened to Jacques Demers give a presentation one time uh, about literacy, and, you know, he's a very emotional guy, and and obviously our our thoughts are with him. He's had um, a lot of health issues, but he talked about, what he told his players. When opportunity knocks, you go through, you go through the door. And right now, Jeremy Lozon and Jakob Zaborl have to really take advantage of this opportunity and, and walk through the door, so to speak. And I think they're going to t- take that, but it's going to take time. And it's, it's all about being patient for them right now. You can't force the issue um, and when you look at Lozon, he was just kind of coming into his own when the season ended. I thought he, he was, you know, pretty good um, during the playoffs and in the bubble. And I, I thought he, he, he did very, very well. And plus playing both sides, you know, playing on the right side and his strong side. So I, I really think Lozon is ready to take the next step. But you have to be patient. It's hard to be patient when you're pushing for a Stanley Cup and when you have that, that window closing very, very rapidly if you're the boss of Bruins.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I like what I saw from him, too. The physicality is good. He's more of a um, a shutdown type of defenseman or, or or aspiring one. But he's also got good mobility, we've seen that in the play when uh, he sees an opportunity to, to skate through the neutral zone, and, uh, be be a part of the, uh, the the forward movement with the uh his, his teammates uh, especially at the offensive side of the game um but yeah I, I just I've always liked jeremy he has been a really good interview uh just a very smart knowledgeable kid and uh, I, I really want him to do well uh, but, but I do understand what you're saying about the pressures and so on uh this is this is gonna be a real tough uh, training camp it's gonna be very you know compressed it's gonna be only about two weeks or so maybe even less. And then uh, no no games no no um, preseason games at all. We're going to go right into the season, so that's going to pay a lot of factors into the playing style, chemistry you're going to get with possibly a new defensive pairing on the third or I'm sorry, the second or third line. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, with,
4: with, with Lozon, Mark, it's it, you know this, this kid almost had his his career ended with a very very serious injury in junior. And I still remember interviewing him during the playoffs uh, that, that year. Had a neck brace on. Um, it, it was this very, very scary incident and injury. Um, it put a lot of things in perspective. And, and, you know, I just remember how gracious he was and how focused he was to get back. And I think the Huskies did a, a fantastic job um, developing him and Phil Myers at the time. Uh, they're a tremendous organization. But when you look at Lozon, I see a character two-zone defenseman. I, I, he's, a, he's not a two-and-a-half zone guy. He, he has mobility on on the offensive blue line. He's very active. He knocks down pucks. He gets shots through. But he's a, a good bonafide two-zone guy. He's not going to hurt you in the neutral zone. Like you said, he jumps in, at great instincts, makes the first pass, He's your your two-zone, you know, prototypical defenseman that can can skate. Where I think he's going to have to improve on is his explosiveness below the dots, making sure that, you know, he's got a great stick, but making sure he he doesn't get beat to the net and or beat in a one-on-one situation coming out of the corner. I think, you know, edge control, mobility, agility is – he needs to continue to ramp that up. And that aspect up in his game,
1: yeah. And he's uh, he can close the lanes really quick too. You know, he's, he's just got he's got that intelligence, but it's it's at a development level right now, and it could definitely get better. Um, going back to his injury, yeah, I watched that game. That was that uh, was so, oh, that was bad. And then and then later to find out about his brother Zachary, that was tough to hear too. You know,
4: well, I'll tell you, his brother. It was that game. It was I, I believe it was Game Six at the Moncton Coliseum. His brother was 17 years old. The Huskies were down by two. They were going back. Like, everything was playing into the Moncton Wildcats' hands here with Connor Garland, and they were up, you know, I think it was 4-1, late in the second period. And Lozon's brother, okay, challenged. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to mention names because I don't want to embarrass the kid. But at that point, your gloves should have been glued on. You don't give the Huskies momentum. You're up three goals at home, Game Six. No, 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 no. You don't. You never do that. Anyway, Ozan challenged him. Guy dropped dropped his gloves. right, fought right in front of the Huskies and, and Wildcats bench. Right in between. Good tilt. But you can, and I said it on air. I'm like, that's going to change the momentum. Huskies score late, make it four two, and they score three unanswered plus an empty netter to. To take Game Six and win the series. All right, that's that's the character that the Lozon family has. Oh yeah, and and it was awful to see um, him have to step away from the game uh, from an from a professional standpoint. Then he signed on with UMB, um, which is a, a great program. Gardner McDougall does a fantastic job, and they made the announcement. I'm thinking, oh wow, this he's back playing. He's healthy. You know he, he can still you know get into the the National Hockey League in the pro ranks, um, and about a week later, forced to kind of hang it up again. So really, really sad that um, that he's not going to be able to play. And I think you know their their dad's a doctor. Um, they're they're brilliant kids. Uh, all all of the family, and and just it's really sad to see that uh, he couldn't play.
1: Yeah. That's tough. Um, moving on to another player that we've ex- talked about in, in extensive uh, conversations, um, and that's Jakobs Uh He was recently signed to a two-year deal. Um, the This one's uh, interesting for me because the fact is that he's he's waiver priority if he needs to go down to Providence, uh, and I don't think he'll last long on that waiver wire at all. Um, he had a great year at Providence last year. I saw it from my own eyes and reported on it several times on Twitter and in articles. Um, and Jay Leach is just very, very high on him. Um, and, you know, he's a type of player that is going to give up the puck once in a while. But the way he recovers himself during the game, uh, uh, Jay Leach has says impact many times in the interviews I've had with him. Um, and, and making an impact in the, in the game when you made a mistake... You know, it's almost like taking a plus or a minus and so on. You figure out how to make your game better after a mistake. But uh, he's going to have a huge chance at, at Bruins camp starting tomorrow, um, and uh, I'm really pulling for the kid, especially with the left shot uh, scenario and the the, the the departures of Chara and 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 um, and Krug. So what? How we, how do you feel about Jakob moving forward? And, uh, and do you think that he could seriously earn a spot and, and, and be a mainstay in the NHL starting the season?
4: Well, we talked about opportunity. This is Jacob's opportunity and, and you really have to, if you're, if you're Jacob, it's all about confidence. It really is. And you look at his numbers and <laughs> his numbers, Mark, as you know, are, are very consistent in the last three years in, in Providence but you'll have to look beyond the numbers. What's this kid going to do in his defensive zone and in the neutral zone? Is he ready to make an impact at the NHL level? His skating, very, very good. His thought processing with the puck needs to improve like you alluded to. If he keeps things simple, like we've talked about before, keeps it simple, He will be very, very effective this season for the Bruins. Now, from a depth chart perspective, you know, is he going to be in their top six right away? That's going to be, you know, we'll we'll have to see, you know, a a healthy Kevin Miller is going to, you know, change things and hopefully he's going to be ready to go. So with Jakob, it's all about opportunity. It's all about, I, I know that he was there during, you know, the playoffs and in the bubble. I get that. And it's great that he was there. But right now, you have to make the best of your situation when you have the opportunity. And a less is more approach has to be taken if you're Jakob Zaboral, All right. When, and it's, this is kind of an MO throughout his career. When he tries to push the envelope, that's when the mistakes happen. But if he plays to his identity, which is a solid, two, two and a half zone D man because offensively he's got great instincts. He jumps into the play. He's got a pro shot. You know, we all know that. So it's all about keeping things in control and playing 16, 17 minutes a game or lower. Okay. At the, at the NHL level, 14, 15 minutes and not costing your, your, your team by making that big mistake with the puck or, you know jumping in you know, it really has to pick and choose his places right now and i think if he does that he's going to have success at the nhl level but really realistically mark he's only had 3 i think maybe 5 games at the national hockey league level because of the depth and and we've talked about it before any other organization this kid would have been in the national hockey league but given the bruins depth on the back end he just there was no room right now now is the opportunity for him to take advantage of that.
1: Absolutely. I, I hope he makes it. And I mean, I'm just spitballing again right now, but I would love to see a pairing, a second-line pairing of him on the left side and Brandon Carlo on the right. It's something that they can definitely experiment with because he does have that, like you said, he's got that type of defensive game uh, that can be that shutdown type of guy but also be that, that player that, uh, you know, you know as a, a diehard Bruins fan over the years, they mat- They mismatch a lot with a guy that's shut down and a guy that's mobile. And I think that that second pairing of a, 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 a Zboril and Carlo would be beneficial, but it remains to be seen. Obviously. Well, a lot of, and and again, you have
4: to be very very careful, um, you know, from a scouting perspective to use compare comparables or comparisons um, or similarities. But I see a lot of kind of an Andrew Ference type guy you know a very reliable puck mover, you know, a defensive presence, not going to light the, the world on fire offensively, but a very very good skater and and great agility and good puck mover, good instincts. And when when the opportunity's there offensively, he, he's got a gr- great shot like we alluded to. Ference had a great shot too. But it's the plays, this little subtle plays that Ference made, you know, cerebral plays that I think Jacob really needs to process the game just a little bit quicker um, at, the, at the NHL level. And if he can get there, I see a, a very similar type style to that of Andrew Ference.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we're getting up against it, so we'll go to this last question, my friend. Um, why do you think the Bruins have not been drafting players in the CHL lately? Do you have any? Now I'm not. I'm not reaching for any anything that you might know from a source or anything like that. But let me hear your feelings because there's a lot of Boston Bruins fans out there that are constantly harping on the fact that the NCAA and the USHL are taking priorities over good players uh, up in Canada and and in those tremendous leagues, those developmental leagues in the Q, the Dub, and and the, you know the uh, the Ontario League. So. If there's any insight or anything that you can offer, I'd love to hear it myself.
4: Well, I, I think it's a great question. Um, it, it'd be a great question to ask uh, Don, uh, Don Sweeney. Uh, and I never, I, I didn't ask that uh, when last, uh, last season when I had the opportunity to, to interview him on Rodgers, which was one of my, uh, if I'm being honest, a very bad interview, I was so nervous. <laughs> Uh, for obvious reasons, but anyway, um, Don was great and, and very, very cordial. It was awesome, but, um, it's a great question. And I think, I, I'm not sure if you, you missed the news or not. I'm, I'm sure you didn't cause I saw your, your like on the, on the tweet, but they, the Boston Bruins have hired, um, Darren Burns and a great longtime coach, great player, uh, university player up here, coach of the, uh, Acadia right now, they've shut down. So Bernsey's role is to scout here in the Maritimes because Alan Bissonnette can't—he can't travel, right? All the borders are shut down; he can't travel. So the Bruins are very proactive, hire Bernsey to really look at the Maritime talent here and and zero in on this year's draft uh, stock and and maybe some undrafted players here in the Maritimes that. Um, that are, are definitely difference makers. So I think that's a, a sign that there are they are going to put more focus here in the Maritimes this, this season. I think their scouting staff have done a tremendous job. But when it comes to the CHL, I think, you know, there have been some phenomenal, phenomenal players that, um, you know, I, I'm thinking of Dawson Mercer and, all, all those players in the Quebec major junior hockey league that have, and really across the CHL, um, it's a little unfortunate that they haven't drafted any of those players playing in the CHL lately, but I think that's going to change. And I think, you know, maybe is it an organizational philosophy? Maybe they're, they're, you know, zeroing in on certain leagues and certain players, but I think a mindset now is Okay organizational need and or the best player available and I think that's a question that you're going to have to ask Don Sweeney you know for for years if you're looking at their draft they have drafted extremely well in the first round again 2015 you know it is what it is but if you look at that even you know Carlo drafted in 2015 so you can't you can't look oh well 2015 draft eh. But look at their first round. They've done a tremendous job. And then, you know, go through and, and see. Lauku came over, had a tremendous season with the Huskies. And I'm surprised that they haven't they haven't brought him back. I really am. So here's a kid that played in the CHL. You know, they drafted him, had him in the CHL, loved him. He was solid pro- and then the injury happened. So, it, you know, to get back to your your question, I, I think the Bruins organization are really going to start zeroing, zeroing in on CHL players uh, moving forward, and the hiring of um, Burns is a good indication of that. That they're they're putting some more importance in um, this area and across the CHL, and it's going to be very difficult if the league start, if the Ontario Hockey League and the Dubs start you're not going to have that crossover opportunity that scouts have um, and that the organization has throughout. So you're really going to be focusing in on your regional guys to make um, good decisions.
1: Absolutely. Uh, He is Craig Eagles, and you can follow him on Twitter at E-A-G-S 37. That's E-A-G-S 37. And uh, Craig, another solid, solid, solid appearance, my friend. I'm I'm getting. I wish we could do these all the time, but you know that the schedules and, and this and that. It just it's doesn't work out to 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 hang out with you every every week or every day like I, I would love to because I am a sponge when I when I when I hang out with you, bud.
4: Well, thanks, Mark, and it's always a pleasure to to uh, jump on here. And like I said before, you guys are doing tremendous work. Uh, the entire staff at, at Black and Gold, and um, it, it's tremendous to see. Um, the impact that you're having on the organization, the game, and uh, the you know just Bruins fans—it's uh, great to see. So, thank you for that.
1: Awesome, thank you so much for the time, Craig. Uh, best of uh, to your, your family um, and uh, everybody up there. We're always thinking of each other as as neighbors. So, um, it's just an, another great great interview, and I appreciate your time.
4: Thanks, Mark. Stay safe, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll uh, get
1: back to the rinks very soon maybe get a beer sometime (laughs)
4: definitely definitely
1: when i travel up there when i can cross the border i gotta have a beer with you bud
4: (laughs) or multiple
1: (laughs) there you go i like that idea all right craig thank you very much we'll be right back all right guys we're back that was a great interview with craig eagles he's such a great guy and i love uh, that we can uh, make some time together he's a a very knowledgeable scout up in the queue, lives up in New Brunswick and does uh, a fantastic job. And anytime I reach out to him, he's always available to come on. He's yeah, a huge Boston Bruins fan, so uh, it was a good interview. So we'll get him back on sometime soon and talk some uh, some more hockey.
2: Excellent. It was really good to hear from Craig Eagles. Now it's time for Ask Hey Heather.
0: All right. First of all, um, thank you f- again for people who send in. I'd like to remind everyone, please use the hashtag AskBNG because that makes it a little bit more uh, That's together. a
1: hashtag. Okay.
2: I'm like, what are you doing?
1: <laughs>
0: are you making like a gesture at me? I'm yeah. it's,
1: a, it's a waffle fry. It's a waffle fry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're almost done, boys. Yeah.
2: That's
0: I'm trying again. I'm trying very hard
2: so
0: to be. waffle fry, ask BNG. Yeah,
4: waffle <laughs> fry, ask BNG.
0: So um, Tom asks, who are the six defensemen the Bruins will start? What do you think? We sort of talked about it, but want me to name our options at this current time?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 gonna go back to what I said earlier. Uh, um, Lozon and McAvoy, Grizzlick, Carlo. And Clifton Zaboro, that'd be that'd be my my uh, my six.
2: Yeah, and I had uh Grizzlick uh, McAvoy, Moore, and Carlo Lozon, and Clifton, and Kevin Miller injured. Although I still want to throw up when Matt says
0: it out loud because it's like it's all really real. What might be happening on this back end? Um, I'm gonna have to agree. I think that's how it's gonna roll. Maybe more in Zaboro, kind of. Yeah. So they might switch out on that second pairing with Carlo. Probably more so Zaboro doesn't have all that added pressure because he really doesn't have any experience. But also, uh, you know, he can be with Carlo who needs a new kind of moving Yeah left side right for him. and if and
2: if Saboro can slip slide in with uh, Carlo you may see more with Clifton but again you have to you have to remember that Moy needs to play 40 games to get on the expansion list I'm sure they'd love to do that he played 24 games last season which I was surprised I didn't realize he played that much but uh, if he gets to 40 games he's on that expansion list too so that's another thing to keep an eye on I'm sure they'll want to play him as much as they can anyway as long as he's um, serviceable
0: Tori was hurt, too. That's probably right. partly Girl. why they uh, were in there. Um, OK, again, it's a little a bit of a hot mess in these just because some people didn't use the hashtags. But uh, Andrew Taverna says, "Who is your long shot to make the opening night roster?" but, or, but you, you know, who's the long shot to make the roster, but who would you be excited to see? I'm sorry, I messed that up. I'm sorry, Andrew, thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Tom.
1: I'm going. Trent Frederick. Uh, I want to see him on the fourth line uh, instead of home. That's my bold statement. Uh,
2: I don't see anybody, any real surprises. Um, you know, I think Zuboril will get be given a chance as much as possible. I don't because they seem to have a log jam at forward. I don't see really any anybody at forward doing it. Um, so. Uh, I don't really have anybody as a surprise, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I'm not. We kind of know who's going to be there, whether we want them <coughs> or not. Right. Right. So, right. That's that. Okay. Let's see. What else do we have going here? Um. Uh, Chad McVean says, "Will Staniga's performance this year directly affect whether Krejci is resigned? Will the kids, quote unquote, on D step up?" And the losses of, with the losses of Krug and Chara not be as bad as everyone thinks. Will Rask or Halak be back next year? We've already covered, we think Halak is a better chance than uh, Tukes to be back. So let's start with the first one, uh, about Stunika versus re-signing David Krejci. Mark, why don't you start on that one?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm all for Stunika. I've, I've been following him uh, quite often uh, throughout his um, process as a Boston Bruin since his draft day. Um yeah, I think that he's going to definitely be the, the third pairing. I mean, the third center uh, in the uh, next season or even in the next couple seasons, who knows. But starting on the right wing is not a bad idea. I think that's probably where he's going to go. Um, and you know, he might even beat out a player like Kasha, too. You know, who knows? It's just so right. many things that you can go right now.
2: I, I don't think it affects Krejci. I think they're going to put a value on Krejci. And if they want to bring him back even just a little bit, they'll give him an offer that they see fit as his value. I think Krejci's value will be higher in his mind, and I think he'll end up leaving, going somewhere else. Uh, But I don't think it has anything really to do with Stadnika and his development or how his performance, I think that they're going to put a number on Krejci, and so be it.
0: I feel like they're independent of each other. I mean, hopefully... I mean, Stanika, no offense, I have more hope for to maybe be, you know, part of the next core of this team than a lot of these other people, no matter how much people like them. We are at a reckoning to see who now, now you have to shit or get off the point, you know what I mean? Kind of thing. I'm just saying, you can't keep everyone and not everyone is actually turning out to be useful. And some of our prospects are getting a lot older than people might realize. So I forgot Grizzlick was 27. No, I mean, like, oh my God, whatever. <laughs> mm. So, anyways, um, I guess the other part of that is I'm going to just flat out and say, no, I think that everyone's going to feel the loss of Char and Krug, even if these kids step up. Not because these kids might not be able to step up, but because that's a huge hole, you know, as opposed like we're going to feel it on defense. But uh, what do you guys think? Do you think at least the kids on D will hop up and maybe take away the sting of the loss of Krug and Char? Because it's going to take a year at least before they plug a hole, you know, really plug it.
2: Yeah, I, I know. Uh, uh, see, here's my thing. Very rarely do you have multiple young players come together and all perform well. I mean, inevitably, the percentages are that someone's just not going to perform that well, and you're going to be scrambling at that particular position. It's putting a lot on them to have Clifton, Lausanne, Zaborro, and even Grizzlick moving up. To have all those things happen is really being optimistic. You know, it just is. It's, uh, there's going to be some bumps and some, and some you know, just there's going to be some hills and valleys. And and you have even Charlie McAvoy as your younger player. Carlo's in his fifth season. He's actually like the veteran guy. Grizzlick and Carlo are like the veteran guys when you don't factor in Miller. I mean, it's a really young defensive group, and it's all young. It's not just the third pair you know, as a young group, which would be scary enough. It's, it's all through your lineup. So I, I'm concerned that if you look at all the great, all the Stanley cup winning teams or teams that go deep in the playoffs, they all have stud top pair. They all have veteran defensemen, you know, all of them. I mean, it's very rarely do you see a team with young defense making a run. So that's, that's my only caveat for the season with the defense.
1: Yeah, is it probably going to take a step back this year on the D? That's why it's so important to like get your forwards and the core members on that offensive, um, on the th- offensive twelve to all buy in shots on net, pucks in deep. You can go all through all the cliches, but you at the end of the day is your goals are what win you games at the final buzzer. Guy with the most, the team with the most goals automatically wins. So I think that the the goal scoring need, secondary scoring, all those, all those narratives have to come in play this year because you're gonna be, you're gonna take that step back on D. So to make up for their mistakes on D is you're gonna have to uh, score more than your opponent. So I think that that's gonna be a huge em- emphasis on this training camp, which starts tomorrow. Actually, I know I said today. I thought it was today, but it's actually tomorrow. So that's just my opinion.
0: No, they do open today. We're just not starting till tomorrow. Like technically, the camps could open on the third, but we're just—they're right. not opening camp really up until tomorrow. Oh, okay, tomorrow.
1: all right. Yeah. So, they like the
0: date for the long. NHL is today, but we didn't even have a roster until ten thirty last night. So um, yeah, that was
1: crazy. That's a fine
0: point, and Mark, that's exactly the point I want you because I know you have this thing. I hate prospects. No, I don't. But I'm also a realist. So exactly what you said is what I'm worried about. Like Craig, uh, Craig Smith. Good signing, right? only signing, but it doesn't no good to get better five on five. If you have, you know what I mean? So like you said, the Fords really have to step up. They can't rely on Chara maybe setting off a good snapshot, you know, in there yeah. or whatever, or Tori get going around the net and walking up and passing them back the puck. If they lose it in the neutral zone, like, Forward this is on the forwards. They need to be better defensively as a forward group. They have sucked doing that the last two seasons. It's partly why we lost the Stanley Cup, you know. So that's that. Okay. So thank you, chat. Okay. So among the younger players who have already played a good number of games in the NHL, like Clifton, Bjork, et cetera, who is most likely to have a breakout season? I think Bjork.
1: Who who is this from?
0: This is from Bruinscape. Okay. And it's, I think Bjork, because, you know, if you're going just the people who've been playing up a little, I think he's, he took a little step back, which isn't uh, shocking in a second, you know, like, seeing a really good, like, that's just me. Go, boys.
1: For me, uh, it, it it would be Bjork, but I definitely want to see him on on Coyle's line and not jump around. I want to see them get, I want to see him get chemistry, because it seems like every time he gets comfortable, he's moved. He's on the right side, he's on the left side, he's on this line, on that line, so... Right. I think with, if he can get some really good uh, chemistry with, with Coil, I think you're going to see a really good Anders Bjork this year.
2: Mm. I mean, at the beginning of the year, without without uh, without Pasternak for a, a chunk of it, there'll be some scrambling there. But I, I'm with you, Mark. I want Coyle, Smith, and Bjork and play it out for 15 games and see see what happens there i think he can really benefit from two puck possession guys who can both score and play make and grind for pucks and you know they're very good veteran players and i think he can really benefit from playing with coil and smith you know two guys of decent size and he can he can dart around and and he, he can score. He can, he's he got a shot. He's, he can score. He has some ability there. So I think he can really benefit from that. Like Mark said, you got to keep him on the line and just build the chemistry. And I really am intrigued. I think that could be a really good line. But, you know, what do I know? So.
1: <laughs> I'm with <laughs> I'm you, man. Don Sweeney. I'm with I'm you. <laughs> Don Sweeney. Right. That's
0: a very good point, though, about maybe giving him a place to be. Instead, right. of, you know, he, he spent a lot of time just plugging where we need him to be, you know, or shaking it up. So that to be fair, would be good for him just overall probably as a development to have a center and stick with it. Also, Char- Charlie Coyle's awesome. So, all right, Nanook the Bitch, Paul Bannister uh, says, with the lack of preseason in terms of games and so many unknowns with the players, at least uh, we have goalies, <laughs> players need needing to step up and play at a higher level, get together, etc. plus current injuries. How bad can the first two months be? 500 question mark? It's gonna be important.
1: It's gonna be important to get out of the gate um, on a shortened season, fifty-six game. Uh, quick, if you're not winning, if you don't have, uh, I want to say, a seven and five record to start, good luck getting back into this in, into a playoff mm-hmm. uh, scenario uh, whenever that starts in May or, or late April. I, you know, right. it's so in, it's imperative that this team coaching staff. Everybody buys in on let's get to work as soon as possible and get it done as soon as possible.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think that it's it's important to have a, a quick start. I think it does. It's, it's to their disadvantage that they don't have more preseason time because of the young D. Uh, but they do have veteran forwards. Uh, they do have veteran goaltending. Um, and they're in a division that I, I still think is that they are better than most, if not all teams so they should be able to come out against the devils for instance and win a couple of games early and get going um, so i you know but you know it remains to be seen it's going to be going to be a little difficult you're going to see some some little some rough hockey in the beginning without the preseason time for sure and some injuries too Hear
0: that Injuries are concerning. Well, no. uh, if I've missed anybody with the hashtag BMGs, it's probably because you didn't use it, but I'm pretty sure I got everyone who used a hashtag or not. Terrific. So, seriously, people, now are the questions, man. 10 days till Bruins hockey. We're in. We're ready. Yeah, we're ready. Sort of Less Angry, but probably won't be in the next 10 days, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> Either way, you know, I'm right. all in. Thank right. you very much for sending in your questions. And before we do this week in history, I just want to think because we keep forgetting, Uh, USA plays Finland tomorrow in the semis of the World Juniors, so I don't want anyone to think we're unpatriotic. Go Team USA, and frankly, I hope the Russians beat Canada. Thank you. Uh, Moving on, Mark. Matt, go ahead. ahead.
2: All right, so this week in Bruins history.
1: Yes, I have a a very interesting one that came out today, took a screenshot of it, and i got to find it. On this day in 1994, January 2nd, so we're going back a day. Cam Neely's three goals helped the Boston Bruins beat the Washington Capitals 8-2. It it gives him 26 goals in only 22 games, as he also becomes only the fourth of five Bs with three power play goals in a game. That's badass. Mm -hmm. Others, Bobby Bauer in 1947, Phil Esposito Mm -hmm. in 1967, Bobby Orr in 1973, and Dave, the power play, Anderchuk, 1999.
2: Wow. Wow. Cam Neely was, you know, I know as an executive, this generation is is grading him more on that. But, I mean, what a player. Yeah, oh, yeah. For sure. Unbelievable. What a um, and you definitely want to go, for all your Bruins news, to blackandgoldhockey.com. We have articles galore every single day coming out. Great team of writers. All your news, speculation, information, uh, and now as the season is starting, you're going to get everything Bruins at blackandgoldhockey.com. So go there and click on all the fine little things on the right-hand margin, the, the sponsors and the Patreon and the giveaways and all those types of things. So, so do that. Go to blackandgoldhockey.com. Tell all your friends, too, because they'll want to go there as well and mark has a new way to see him on video and social media streams everywhere
1: yes uh we moved on from uh, sportscaster uh, it's a fantastic app I, I i will give them credit they do a great job that's an up-and-coming thing but we're just consistently getting kicked out of the stream uh right around the three hour mark and it's just uh, very annoying to start up another one and then share the whole um uh stream with other uh social media outlets and platforms so what we did was we found a website that works with us it costs a little bit of money but it's going to be me and some other people from bng but also in collaboration with the dump and change hockey podcast guys uh preferably nick and uh jared so and possibly Nestor if he can ever find time to uh, do anything besides work and hang out with this woman um (laughs) but um (laughs) Yeah, it's a it's a new thing. We're gonna be broadcasting all. I think I get six areas that we can uh, put put the stream out to, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and so on, and Twitch. So we're gonna be on all of those, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. We can we can record up to we can go up to eight hours. That's what I, the package I paid Excellent. for. So Excellent. looking for, forward to that. That's gonna start this week on Tuesday at right around six o'clock. So uh, nice. Be on the socials if you're following me. Uh, get yourself a heads up for that one. It's going to be fun. Awesome. So it is time.
2: Uh, I would drum roll, but I don't have any drums. There. But there you I'll motorboat. That was, a, <laughs> that was a weed whacker or something. I don't know what that was. But uh, first uh, two Patreon giveaways Yes. coming to two lucky winners.
1: Yes, we are giving away these fantastic calendars. These are – it's, it's – it, uh, Something to do with Bruins every day. It's either a question or or a fact or trivia and blah, blah, blah. So we're giving two of them away today. And I did the drawing earlier. And the winners of one of them is Trippy Lockett. Thank you, Trippy, And Chad McVean. Thank you very nice. much, Chad. We're going to be sending those right out as soon as possible. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you very much. If you want to get involved in these Patreon giveaways... We're going to be doing a giveaway every week. We're going to be giving away a jersey every month. So it's just a dollar per episode. Go to black, go to Patreon.com/slash Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Donate just one dollar to get involved with these folks, and we're getting the jerseys and a lot of our signed uh, photos from Bruce Sullivan of Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, who is now uh, our partner and uh, and I, at mid show advertiser so really excited for this to be moving forward
2: great yeah they had some great jerseys some great autograph materials there and uh some of the great players in Bruins history so really happy to have that partnership with them and congrats to our two winners and that'll do it for episode 210 well, it is uh, Bruins season
1: I'm yeah, right yeah I'm so, you, so so stoked yeah. so stoked oh, yeah for rate, this. And rate and review on rate and review.
2: Rate yes. and review, subscribe, and all that stuff. We need Follow, more. Set, share it, send it to your friends, everything. Rate and review. Oh, and uh, Go ahead.
1: By the way, can I cannot forget this? Heather shared a uh, an image with us uh, last week, and on uh, charitable. Regardless, if oh, you yeah. think charitable is like is is spot on or not, our highest, our highest last week was sixteen. Wow. spit and, Spitting and Chicklets was number one. Just just Ooh, saying, just saying, 16. in North America, hockey podcast related, 16 is nice. 16
0: We're still in the top high. 100, too, just so you know. We made it through the week. High.
1: Yeah, we go to 16, wow. we go to 100, but every week we're just in that. Yeah. We're not going any further. Jeez, that's really, really good.
0: Um, so we appreciate
2: everybody listening.
0: Rate and review, listen, thank you, mm. follow them, do, all do everything. Time. And I just want to say, regardless of how disgruntled I always am, I am ride or die with this fucking team, good, bad, or ugly, no matter how ugly it might get, and it might get ugly. We all need to brace ourselves for that, all of us, from whatever perspective we're taking. But no, although we feel like we're dying. We survived two cup losses in our last ten years, so we'll be okay on the other side. Go, Bruins.
1: I'll be there Go to Bruins. walk you I'll be there to coddle you off the uh the edge, Heather. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week now.
1: Thank you. Be safe. Go Bees. Let's do this.
0: Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpot.
1: Peace out.